0: You are listening to the 90 Days Later podcast with Anna Charles, episode 51. Welcome to the 90 Days Later podcast where I show you how to stop over-drinking in 90 days without missing out on life. If you're not an alcoholic but fed up with saying yes to a drink when you mean to say no, you're in the right place. Hi all and welcome back to the podcast. Now, before I get into today's session, I want to encourage you to listen right the way to the end because at the end, I'm gonna be talking about what I have on offer this year for Black Friday. Yes, I'm doing Black Friday this year. I haven't done that before, but I have three offers that will help you as you go ahead and change your relationship with alcohol. So you're not gonna wanna miss that. Okay so with that in mind actually that's a good segue and today i want to talk about alcohol and celebrations because yes we are heading into that time of year the christmas records aren't quite yet playing on the radio but the adverts are all certainly there so a couple of days hence from posting this podcast it will be thanksgiving the thanksgiving celebration for our american friends and then of course we're into the mad dash the run-up to christmas and new year being just around the corner and perhaps already your diary may be getting booked up with office parties and drinks with friends and all those wonderful family gatherings yes you know the ones i am talking about and perhaps there's a wedding or two in there. We got married on New Year's Eve. We were the crazy types who did that. And yeah, there might be some birthdays and just all sorts actually at this time of year. Now, if you're frustrated with your drinking, this can look like a pretty challenging landscape. Indeed. I like to think of it as a little bit like one of those old video games. I don't mean the modern ones. I haven't into a played a modern video game in years, but like the old ones in the old days with Pac Man, where you sort of go along and you'd have to avoid all these dragons and monsters and other obstacles, or you'd get swallowed up whole. And you may even be looking ahead and actually dreading the party season, right? Or maybe, maybe you think you're going to change your drinking next year for sure, right? It's going to be too hard doing it over Christmas I mean what nincompoop would want to do that so you may as well enjoy this year fully and you know not worry about it not think about it until January kind of push that worry to the back of your mind and probably unlikely you've done that for a few years now that's why I'm gonna change drinking or stop drinking or whatever it is often appears on the new year's resolution lists but here's my perspective I happen to think that this is an absolutely phenomenal time of year to change your drinking, to really start taking action towards that goal that you've been kinda sorta trying to deal with for months or maybe even years. Really, you couldn't pick a better time to start. And in today's podcast, I'm going to explain why. Now first I want to ask a really really basic question but one that is actually so often overlooked right you've been invited or asked to a party or a celebration but start with this do you actually want to go do you want to go to this thing that you've been invited to so let's back up a little and first be clear about what actually what we're talking about here what is a celebration right and I took a look actually I went to the dictionary I took a look at the definition and this one certainly res- resonates with me it's to a celebration is to observe an occasion with appropriate ceremony or festivity right so it's all about having a good time now there's nothing in the definition by the way about champagne we often think celebration equals champagne. Although, interestingly, one of the examples, you know, when you look at a definition, at least online, you'll have the definition of what the word means, and there'll be some common usages, as you can see the word in a sentence. And this one particular source I looked at, yes, lo and behold, was using sh- champagne. There you go, we talk about alcohol being socialized. Anyhow, so a celebration is all about having a good time. And for all of you out there who drink to have a good time, right? I know some people, they don't drink because of negative emotions, but they drink because they really just enjoy it and it really makes something a good time. Or because drinking is fun and just makes an event special. I want you to really think about that. So consider this. Let's say you're going to a wedding of a close friend this is definitely a reason to celebrate and now let's say that in going to this wedding there was a hiccup there was a problem with the alcohol delivery right with the wine and the champagne and the beer delivery and there's none there's going to be none at this wedding right this this wedding of your your best friend there's just going to be alcohol-free alternatives and soft drinks right so just put yourself In that situation, this wedding you're looking forward to going to, there's going to be no booze at all. But everyone's in the same boat, so it's not just you not drinking, everybody's not going to be drinking. Now I want you to answer this question. Will you have a good time at that wedding? Really think about it. This is your close friend. It's a beautiful venue. There's the flowers, maybe there's a DJ, maybe playing 80s tracks. You ride up my street. Maybe the wedding's just being held and it's very simple. It's just being held in the village hall. Would you have a good time despite the lack of alcohol? My bet is that yes, you would. Because the event itself is fun. You'd probably have fun at that wedding if it was the most stripped back, bare event possible. Now, before you say, yes, 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 and I get your point, but lots of events I go to are made more fun by the booze, I believe you. I believe that's how it seems. right? People tell me all the time, but it's going to be absolute torture being there. Right? When we talk about not drinking at events, it's going to be absolute torture being there all the old family grudges and by the way this tends to come up with family events all the family grudges and all the tension it's going to be there and white wine is really the way i get through it but here's the question i want to ask you about those situations do you really want to go to them if there was no booze available right in my case if there had been no white wine available just like at this at the fictitious best friends wedding situation I just spoke about or maybe even there was a problem again with the drink delivery when you were going to this family event or whatever it is the the event you've been tolerating with booze would you want to go to that event if it was the office do would you want to go to it or the family reunion would you want to go to it or even the party in the pub with your friends when perhaps you'd rather stay home are you tolerating these quote-unquote celebrations by drinking and if you are is this how you want to spend your time time that you will never have again Now, so often we go around saying oh well, you only live once yolo yolo you know just to go for it and get drunk but do you want to spend your life with great chunks of it forgotten because you just can't remember what happened the night before? Or to spend days with that sort of muggy, fuzzy head? Or would you rather savor every moment? So as you face a full calendar of invitations over the next few weeks, that's where I'd start. I'd really first ask yourself if you would choose to go to that event, to whichever event it is, if no alcohol were being provided. Or is there another use of your time that you would prefer now you may say but Anna you know I have to go right I have to go to this thing it's expected but again really pause and look at that you are an adult with free will it is your choice so instead of saying I have to go right that's one thing I would coach on try out you know I'm, I'm choosing to go how does that feel but also, if you're sitting in no, and about I have to go, is that an assumption that is even true? Is it, is it really, really true? Or are you just sort of expecting that that's what everybody thinks and that's what's expected of you? So challenge yourself on that. Okay, that's my first point. You may want to assess if an occasion or an event is actually a celebration in your eyes. Okay, so now let's say you decide to go. You decide to go to an event or a celebration. For whatever reason, you're going. But now we're back into the real world, right? And there will be alcohol there. Possibly lots and lots of it. And possibly lots of it will be free. It used to be a big thing for me. Free booze. So I really want to start with saying that changing how you drink is a skill, right? Unlearning your desire for white wine or red wine or whatever you like to drink is a skill, Being able to attend a social function without worrying what's in your class is a skill. These are all skills. Just think about that for a moment. It is such good news. Because it means that even if you've been trying for years to change your drinking, the reason reason you haven't yet succeeded is because you haven't learned how. You haven't developed the skill for it. Okay, so let's explore that. Let's think about another skill that you might want to learn. Maybe to ice a cake or learn to play the trombone. Yeah, that's one of mine. Many years ago. Or perhaps you want to learn how to tile a bathroom, right? Now, if you were to start any of those things from scratch, you would probably get some tuition. Maybe you'd watch a few videos or read a few books or ask people who are experts or who know what's what. Maybe you go on a training course. But you can watch all the videos, read all the books, and talk to the world's best people, right? The best trombone player, the best trombonist, the best cake icer, or bathroom tiler. And it would actually mean very little until you got down to it. And you know this, right? We all know this. What matters is just to get down to doing the thing and giving it a go and practicing and giving it a go and getting better results and failing and giving a go and just, just keeping on going. The more cakes you ice, the better you'll get. The more tiles you cut and stick with mastic, the more um, neat and controlled and so on you'll be with it. And the more different pieces of music you play as a trombonist, you'll have a far greater repertoire, right? So these are are all skills and learning how to unlearn your desire for drink. Covered that actually, forget which one it was, podcast one or three, I think, on desire right so that's a skill another key skill when putting yourself out in social situations is dealing with the urges to drink or the cravings you know whichever whichever term you like you prefer these can seem scary and overwhelming and very frightening right we can be perfectly fine then boom right we feel absolutely suffused with desire desire to drink and then we try not to and it just makes it even worse And I hear so many times from people that they just want to avoid these urges, right? It's just just too uncomfortable. And in fact, that's why so many of us, we end up just drinking. We feel an urge to drink. We might not even be aware we have it, but anyhow, there's an urge happening and then we just drink, right? We close the loop, close the desire, we deliver the reward. And then, you know, it feels less stressful in our bodies. So no wonder at this time of year with all this temptation out there all these triggers as we like to call them that so many people find it difficult because ordinarily if they wanted to stop drinking what they have what they've been trying to do and which hasn't worked but you know we carry on trying to do the same thing we try to stop going to bars I hear frequently when people first come to me that what they've tried I always ask you know what have you tried what hasn't worked before, well, you know, what, what's your push or background here? They stop, they tried stop going to bars or hanging out with certain friends. If those friends drink, I've even tried removing all the alcohol in the house, right? While they've been trying to concentrate on changing their drinking. And this all sounds so supremely sensible. I totally get it. But I say, do the exact opposite, run towards the temptation run towards these opportunities to practice managing your urges and your desire for the alcohol put yourself in situations where you will want to drink where you can practice your new skills where you can find out what works and what doesn't work now i need to be clear i'm not saying put yourself in situations where you really don't want to be i'm not saying hang out with drunk people You know, just to feel the urges. (laughs) No, right? I said just now, you know, you get one life. You're not going to, I'm not suggesting you put yourself into positions where you just don't want to be. But what I am saying is go to the wedding. Go to the bars. Go to the Christmas market. Go to the office party. I teach my clients the skills of managing these situations, right? Managing the urges. And on my podcast, I give you the tools to do this too. But the only way you're going to practice... You're gonna be able to really change your behavior and practice is to go out and and try it. And I would also, so take a listen again to, I think it was episode 22. In episode 22, I talked very specifically about urges to drink and the three responses we normally have and the one that works and the one I absolutely say, just go out there and do. if you do it enough, you'll get good at it. Because again, as I say, learning to manage the urges is a skill. That's all it is. It's a key skill. So listen to that podcast and go out and practice. And by doing this in practicing, you're going to figure out what works, you're going to figure out what doesn't work, and you're going to figure out what you do differently next time. Then you're going to give it another go. And what I will offer is that for sure, there are techniques and tools and so on. And that is what I talk about here. But, you know, I think it's important to customize this for you and for your life. In fact, that's what I do in my one-on-one coaching sessions with my clients where we, we take, you know, the learnings and then we we very directly and very specifically apply this to the lives of my clients because that's where you get you know the biggest and quickest and fastest results now if you're a bit scared that the idea of putting yourself in front of all this temptation and in trying all this new stuff to learn that's okay you can be scared and you can take action anyway even a teeny tiny little action Even that is better than taking none at all or just brushing this under the carpet and saying, okay, well, it's gonna be impossible to do it this year. I'll just start again on January. So I'll be miserable in January, which by the way, is just another thought. You don't have to be miserable in January. You don't have to be, certainly don't have to be miserable without white wine or whatever your tipple is. Okay, so I've said, go towards the temptation. And now I want to step you through talking about how you can create the experience you want at any celebration. And this my friend is within your control. Now, of course, the decision whether you drink or not is yours, right? You can rely on the white wine or the vodka, gin, fruit punch, or what was it? That, that yellow Advocar stuff you used to get, right? You can rely on that to get you through. You have free will none of this makes you a bad person right you can choose to drink if that's you know how you want to tolerate events but if you're wanting to change your relationship with alcohol and actually frankly if you're listening to this this podcast right now i'm guessing you're looking for another way to survive these events over the festive season now when it comes to families and parties there are other people involved right so you might say how can i control what sort of you know experience I have and when there's other people out there and you know they're the ones who are causing me all the frustration and the grief. Now you might, for instance, go into the family get-together, the family reunion, and you might decide to speak more kindly to your sister after the bust up you had, you know, a couple of months ago. And you say, right, I'm gonna make an effort, but there's kind of always a little Um, postscript there really we would say as, as long as she reciprocates right we're sort of we're happy to make a move but we kind of expect something in return here's the thing and here's why this we can so often feel frustrated and disappointed about this your sister in this situation doesn't know that this is what you're expecting of her she doesn't know that this is the role that she has to play and in fact she might even be in disagreement with you she may want to keep hold of this simmering resentment that's been between you since the bust up right so you see you're going to go into the situation with all these positive thoughts i'm going to really try and make amends but then what happens is you see that she hasn't budged and so then you feel aggrieved. You feel a bit stressed out maybe and then you're going to try to cope with that scenario and that's where often you know, we'll be reaching for the wine because that's the pattern we've repeated every year or each time in that scenario, the pattern your brain has learned because your brain loves to be efficient. I talk about this all the time. So if you're in this kind of stressful standoff, or of course, you know, with a with sister, for instance, even after, you know, your best effort, you'd really try to put a foot forward. So you're probably feeling mightily aggrieved in that scenario. Your brain is going to quickly run the, OK, when we feel aggravated, we drink wine process. And that's how you may end up then with three glasses in. And you wonder how on earth you got into this situation when you swore blind to yourself that it wasn't going to happen again. And here we are again. Not drinking normally, that's something I hear a lot. No such thing. So, here's a different way to approach festive celebrations this year that doesn't require the willing cooperation of anybody else. Right? This is something that you can deploy in every situation that will give you a totally different and completely different experience. Even though, as I say, you don't control how others will be. And that doesn't matter one jot because you, my friend, control you. You control how you show up. You control how you feel. And how you feel is gonna determine what action you take or do not take. And I'm gonna offer this directly, directly influences the experience you will have. So that's where I would start. Ask yourself, how do you wanna show up? So have an event in mind, have some party or whatever in mind how do you want to show up now maybe you're sitting there saying well i haven't got a clue i don't know maybe you're into so much of how this is going to be a struggle right how this is how this is going to feel it's just not going to be pleasant especially you know unhappily with, with some family dues where it's not optional whether you go or not you've got to be there and so you know it's it, you're not you really can't see how to have lots of pleasure out of this event. And by the way, it might not be families. I'm kind of half talking tongue in cheek here. But you know, some event that you're going to and, you know, you don't want to be drinking as much, but you, you want to be able to view it differently. Ask instead, how would the best version of you show up? How, you know, if you could be the person you want to be in all areas of your life, how would she show up? How would she plan for the event? How would she feel? Because that is open to you right now. It's open to you to be able to decide ahead of time how you're going to feel on purpose. Because how you feel in any situation is always a choice. Now, before you say, but no, 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 and give me all these reasons how this isn't so and why it's different and, you know, nee, 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 nee. I'm going to offer that you actually already know this is true that you have a choice on how you're going to feel in any situation even in you know let's say a situation that you would say is bad think of something that's already happened to you I'm sure we've all I've been here a million times it's a bit of an exaggeration but I've been in this situation many times before where in the moment something's going wrong and in the moment it might seem a disaster but then someone either says or you might even be thinking to yourself well we'll laugh about this in the future i remember this always makes it takes me think of this holiday we took years ago we were going to we'd rented i it's my fault i had rented a holiday cottage in near galway sort of down in rural ireland And we went along with our three children. They were quite young at the time; they were all under the age of eleven, I think. Anyhow, so we'd been driving all day to this holiday cottage, and we rocked up, and there had been a double booking. There was already a family in the holiday cottage, and the lady we had done the booking with was away visiting family or something. I think she was in Dublin or something, and her husband was there and her uh, husband knew nothing really didn't know anything about it He didn't manage the business but you know obviously he was trying to help and he said well we could stay in the family home right so where he and his wife normally lived he as his wife was where he would go and stay with a friend and we could have the run of the family home okay um you know we didn't really have much of an option at that point right we needed really desperately needed to start feeding the children so sort of a bit dubious but okay it's a kind offer it's just for one night we can make it happen and then then the man says but what we're we going to do about the dog and i remember the dog was called ben the dog was very old i don't know how old but very old and he wouldn't be able to take the dog with him to stay at this friend's house and then my husband says oh we love dogs do we we love dogs we'll look after the dog okay so it's the first day of our holiday not in the holiday cottage we're in someone else's home um now looking after their old dog is fine okay fine we go in and then we spend the next hour changing sheets and trying to find just the whole the whole thing i mean you know there were beer bottles everywhere it wasn't wasn't my ideal of this holiday country cottage but we managed to get ourselves sorted and you know we're getting to bed and everyone's happy but the thing about the dog is we were told that the dog sleeps in the kitchen and they had kind of like this fire guard thing around, like this little fence thing around him. And the dog um, suffered, you know, was was old and would often obviously want to go to toilet in the night. And, and I just have this memory of the dog then waking up basically knocking down this fire guard um, thing. We didn't hurt himself, just this, this flimsy bit of metal. And my husband getting up, I told him he had to get up and do this. He was the one who wanted the dog, uh, ready to get the dog out, to let him out. And the dog had already um, relieved himself, let's say, on the kitchen floor. So my husband is walking around in bare feet on the kitchen floor in this house. It was meant to be our holiday. Anyway, pretty disastrous situation. All these years later, we laugh about this so often. We have such completely different feelings about this. In fact, I'm almost grateful that this thing happened because it showed us, you know, really the kind of situation we we don't want to have. So any holiday that has not been good since then or any event, we kind of compare it against that. It's kind of like our yardstick. But the thing is, this view of the event, this view of finding it actually quite funny, was open to me at the time. In that moment, we had all the kerfuffle going on with Ben the dog, I could have still found that amusing. I could have laughed in that situation, right? That was available to me right then. And for sure it would have been a more pleasurable experience in the moment. Well, probably still not for my husband, but at least for me if I'm standing there in fits of giggles, right? But you get the point. So we, we get to choose in any scenario. So how would you want to go into a party or an event or a celebration that you are choosing to go to but which maybe you feel a little bit hesitant about? What emotion could you reach for? Perhaps you want to be present or connected or hopeful, indulgent or maybe even just curious. So really think about that. Then really feel it. Feel that emotion and you can practice this right now listening to this podcast. I want you to right now you can even do this if you're running or driving or whatever pick an emotion pick any emotion and then take yourself to the place where you can feel that emotion in your body so i'm going to do it too and i'm thinking of gratitude i'm breathing in and i'm thinking of all the things i'm grateful for i'm feeling that in my body and actually for me that that comes across as a warmth in my chest so right here on this rainy day when I'm recording this podcast, I am bringing to bear the feeling of gratitude. Being able to feel on purpose, any skill is a meta skill for life. It's gonna serve you in all areas of your life, not not just to do with your drinking. You can decide ahead of time how you want to feel at a school parents' evening, for instance, at work meetings, when you're in the check-in queue in the airport, when you're having a horrendous holiday experience, right? You can choose ahead of time how you want to feel. And that, my friends, is gonna serve you super well when it comes to enjoying celebrations this festive season when you are trying to reduce or change your alcohol consumption. So go on, give it a go, you will be amazed. So that's the end of the podcast. In summary, when it comes to celebrations, first ask yourself, do you really want to go to the event? And then know that managing the urges to drink and the desire you'll feel at the event in front of the temptation is something that will be of huge help to you. And that's a skill, a skill you can learn and get good at the more you do. And so what if you haven't managed it yet? If you haven't conquered it yet, keep on practicing. Listen back to my episode 22 on urges. Maybe you call them cravings. Anyhow, I use both terms. In any event, listen to episode 22. Next, think ahead to any of the events that you are perhaps dreading, or maybe even just not looking forward to but which you have to attend, and ask how do you want it to be this year? What kind of experience do you want and don't expect others to cooperate? Then take back control by deciding in advance how you want to feel. Just that one thing, deciding on purpose how you want to feel, that's gonna change everything about your experience. It's totally magical. And not just for these end of year celebrations, but in all areas of your life. So that's the end of this week's podcast and I did say there was going to be some special news about Black Friday at the end. So yes, this year I'm running a Black Friday offers and these offers launch on Black Friday itself, 25th of November. And I'm actually going to be offering three levels of deal, of levels three levels of support. So I've got deals on three items. so You can pick the one that appeals to you most. Firstly, if you are ready to be done with this drinking thing. There's a spot in my one-on-one coaching calendar with your name on it. And I am offering this at 40% off for the Black Friday period only. If you're curious, so that's the first offer. If you're curious about coaching and you wanna start taking massive action, I have something for you too. And lastly, if you want to navigate the party season with ease, you aren't gonna feel left out with my pre-Christmas stocking filler offer that I have. So whatever your goals and wherever you're starting, I've got something for you. Now I'm gonna be capping numbers on at least one of these sales. So you're gonna to want to make sure that you're first in line. You can jump the queue and join my waitlist to get priority access. So if you've been thinking about changing your drinking for months or even years, And if you've been waiting for the right time to get started, but it just never kind of seems to arrive, well, that time is now. So go to 90dayslater.co forward slash BF and get on the wait list and get ready to change your life. Okay, I'll see you next week. If you like what you're learning in the podcast and you want to take the work further and achieve total freedom around alcohol, let's talk. I help my clients stop reaching for that first glass of wine the moment 6pm rolls around and they don't miss out on life. And we do it in 90 days. The effect is permanent. Email me for more information on anna at 90dayslater.co. And if you did enjoy the show, I'd really appreciate if you'd leave a rating and review to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast.